what I learned this week is just, again, trusting the process, like the nature of going through multiple iterations of prototypes and like seeing it evolve and getting it getting better and addressing issues that come up. Like that process, just trusting it that by the end of it, something good comes out of it just because of the reactions we got this time around for this specific prototype. Friday morning podcast. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I like this format that we're going into now of, of doing like the week in review style. I think that's good for us to, to document that, put it out there into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got all sorts of things that I'm thinking of that I guess I could mention that aren't even necessarily business related, but just things that I've learned, things that have come up this week. Yeah, let's um, do it. But yeah, do we want to kind of like define, I know Marlon, you, you posted some questions that I think yeah. were like bullet points for this for this type of, of recording. For sure. I mean, we, like we were talking about it in general, right, on our meetings on Mondays, like how can we make the podcast more interesting or like put more variety in it? What kind of concepts can we talk about? What kind of types of shows or episode styles we can do, right? I mean, we so far we have done like, the heavy topic ones, right? We're one topic and we talk about that topic. But I guess having an episode or just because we're having meetings or talking in general a lot as well about like what's going well so far, like what's happening and everything. Why not combine that to the into the podcast and like talk about just, yeah, at the end of the week, just talk about what went well. And like, like, a, like I mentioned in the Slack channel as well. What did we learn? Kind of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that could, I mean, my idea here was like, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the business, right? It can yeah. also mean like your work personally, you worked on something or you learned something or you're trying something new or whatever it is, right? And then just talk about that. Mm-hmm. Approach it more free flow, I feel, instead of just Definitely. focusing on one topic very heavily. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're splitting it up now, so we are recording more, and we have those sort of themed episodes where it's more like info, like right. educational, like here's some tips and things like that. Right. And then also, yeah, this more this more like week in review documentary style, uh, free flowing. I, I like being able to do both for sure. I think this is a good idea. Looking forward to uh, to getting this started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the the format. What what did you learn? What was challenging and what worked well, so I guess I can uh, I can start it off unless anybody else wants to wants to go first. Go ahead. So what what worked well? Um, well, the first thing I can think of off the top of my head is uh, a little bit of operations stuff is actually starting to click nicely here. So we've had a wonderful virtual assistant. Shout out to Elisa here on the podcast. Yeah. She's been with us for I think like five months now. It's been a while. It's been I think like feels um, way longer than that. It it might right? even be longer. It might be six or seven. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, she's been doing a great job. And one thing, so like we've we just got done with some user testing um, for one of our projects, and you know we record all of those videos. And I mentioned to the client, you know, like oh, you can you're gonna have access to all of those recordings. I'll share those with you. And I was going into Asana to put a task together for Elisa to upload those recordings to a folder 
and then share it with the client. And then I looked in Google Drive and she had already done it. And like, that was Ooh. just like this, the, yeah, that was just like this perfect moment where I was like, yes, you know, because we, we had done that before. Like yeah. we'd done that with that task for one of the previous user testing sessions. And like, I didn't even have to make the task for her to do it. She just knew based on the calendar that those existed. She'd done it before and she got it done. That's awesome. And that was just a nice. perfect moment of like, yes, systems, you know, like, and, <laughs> and good, and good people, like having good people work within those systems. Mm. So that was just a very uh, <laughs> nice moment that I that I enjoyed there. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Like, I, I guess it's also kind of the experience she already has, right? Of us. She knows kind of right. we do these testing and she's sessions. Just, and she's just awesome. And she of course that as doing. well. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> even better. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah, I would, hi if, if anyone's like thinking about getting a, a virtual assistant or, or just somebody that's sort of in that capacity, like helping you with um, you know, the sort of day-to-day -day tasks. Um, if you're already thinking about it, I'd say like, go ahead and do it. You want to, you want to get that. If you like, if you can fit into your budget, you want to get that up and running before you really need it. Like before you kind of hit a wall where you've got complete overwhelm and like mm -hmm. your past due for getting that person, you know, onboarded. Um, I highly recommend it. Would you say, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before at some other point as well. Like Would you say it's even helpful to have that for your personal life? I mean, we have it oh, now very specific sure. to the business, right? Would you definitely. would you consider also doing it for your personal life? And like definitely, definitely. I mean, that's something I've think I've thought about before. Is like, you know, there. I mean, there's because there's all sorts of tasks day to day, and part of it is, you know, like Elise is based in in uh, the Philippines, um, so like part of it is figuring out, you know, with her time schedule, like there's not a lot of like. Um, communication that's happening um immediately or if, like it there's no there's no it wouldn't make sense for her to be like responding to emails to clients or responding to emails to like leads in real time because like there's a 12 hour time difference it's mm -hmm. more of what things can get done in that time period but yeah i mean i think there's all sorts of possibilities with having you know virtual assistants for business and for your personal life especially if you have like a any sort of side hustle or, or any sort of thing that you're kind of working on while focusing on, on your main, um, you know, source of income, it can really help you, first of all, have that sort of systems-based approach where you're thinking of things as like, okay, how can I turn this into a task that somebody else can do? And that then just allows you to scale a lot faster because you've got somebody else that's like, I mean, it's just like twice the manpower, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it just allows you to have higher level sort of like view of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish because you're not constantly in the weeds of like having to get the day-to-day -day stuff right. done, yeah. which, can, which can add up pretty quickly. You know, it can be like pretty exhausting. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. We're, I, we have Elisa, so you, there's no... <laughs> There's no headhunting here. Nobody's going to take her. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, you know, getting a virtual assistant or just somebody in that capacity. It could even be, you know, local. It's it it's a game changer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Did you feel you have to onboard her for a long time? Like, I think that was At mostly first, done by you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, she definitely, you know, she'd already like done this before. Mm -hmm. So she kind of knew the drill. Yeah, I almost felt this 
sense of urgency or like apprehension about assigning her tasks. And I was like, what is she going to do? You know, like I, I, I was, I was constantly thinking about like, what can I get her to do? You know, like how can I use this time effectively that I've got every day? So a lot of it was like kind of trial and error of things that, you know, okay, let's see, first of all, let's see if this makes sense for her to, you know, be, be working on something. And then also, you know, is it something that she's going to enjoy doing? Like, is it sustainable where it makes sense? And, you know, it actually is productive. And yeah, I'd say like, that was the first couple months there is, you know, figuring out what exactly is going to be a good fit as far as tasks go. These days, it's it's a lot of helping us be better, like setting up scheduling for meetings, setting up, like once a meeting is scheduled, setting up like the, you know, video call that's related to that meeting. I think we can get to the point where once we have like a lot of ta- tasks associated with the like scheduling of deliverables of projects, I think she can be sending a lot of the communication from us to the client, like at the end of the week, you know, once we like have sort of like a, a weekly report mm-hmm. for a client of like what's been done, I think she can be kind of like right. taking that over. Right. But um, it's like, you know, constantly refining that, that uh, systems based approach to it. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Really enjoy it. <laughs> Constant process here. Would you yeah, say man. there, would you say you have some like, markers or hints for people that would like to get a personal assistant as well like what they should look out for in the beginning or if it's business Mm. related like did you learn anything where you say like okay if i would hire another one i would actually look out for these characteristics or in their Mm. profile i would look for these certain things or did you look out for anything when you hired her that's tough to say um i mean like yeah i had i had a few um video calls with potential hires Actually, you know what? I think I only had a video call with her. Like I was, I had a few other applications that I looked at that I thought, you know, they were probably qualified and they had experience doing this type of thing before. Yeah, she seemed to be a good fit based on her um, application. But also, yeah, when we talked, I was, <laughs> I, I, I think I also didn't really, uh, didn't really stick to the, the motto of like hire slow. I just like went for it and it worked out. So I think I got a little lucky there. But yeah, I would say my my big tip is get started on it before you really need one. Because hiring somebody and like making them an effective part of your team takes time and energy. Like that's that's a new, like it's a new part of your job for a few months to, you know, get them to understand everything and, and, you know, get them, you know, to be really effective. So if you're adding that on top of already like a hectic, overwhelming schedule, because you realize like, I really need somebody to help me at this point, I've got too much going on. It's just going to cause more problems, Mm. (laughs) more trouble, you know? So you want to like get that, you want to go through the sort of bumpy first couple of months before, you know, like without everything else being (laughs) difficult. Um, Because then, you know, you'll be at a a better place if things potentially do get do get hectic. So I'd say that's my one big tip is like, you know, sort of don't wait until it's too late, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Um, So that's I think that's my big what went well this week. (laughs) Cool. You have have anything that was challenging this week 
anything that you feel didn't work that well that could be improved i mean anything can be improved but like do you have anything that stood out to you hmm yeah um i think yeah i think i can like my speed of communication um can be it it is improving more it used to be before before i started like freelancing i was the worst communicator like via text email answering the phone in general and i still don't think it's my strong suit which uh you know i'm i'm at least glad that i'm aware of it but um i think i, just, I think it's just you know continual improvement there i think will be a really good focal point this year because just being able to follow up with people in a timely manner can you know really like expedite connections expedite you know leads turning into you know potential clients things like that um i don't know if i had any particular challenges there um i've been going back and forth with a lawyer on some contract things um and i've been a little you know <laughs> reading contracts is not my favorite thing in the world <laughs> uh so i guess there you Can't know there's imagine. some there's some reading comprehension challenges <laughs> there in regards to legal documents but yeah no it's been it's been a pretty good week yeah i can I, i can totally understand the the communication thing like it's tough because when you think about like the more responsibility you take on right the more work you have the more communication has to happen but you also mm -hmm. kind of execute on th certain tasks and you still need a time when you focus on certain things or need the time to focus on certain things right. right and then constantly having to check or wanting to check your email or your text or anything like it just it's just not possible you cannot really focus properly when you do that or you yeah. have it constantly on your mind at least for me that's kind of where i feel it's always challenging where i have to balance between man i really have to focus on this piece of work right now but like i know there's communication happening or then maybe i'm so focused that i totally forget about these other things right or forget about responding or do that or take a look at this um, and then it's tough to really like have that balance in there. It's always like, yeah, totally. And there's a book on my shelf that I haven't started, but I feel like it's probably speaks to this. Mm. Um, it's called digital minimalism by Cal Newport. Um, there's a book about that. Yeah. You might, cool. you might have heard of him. Um, he, he wrote deep work, which is another, mm. like another part of like that same sort of you know, being, being free of distraction and like really getting down to like, yeah how, how you can get like real work done. Right. I haven't started digital minimalism, but um, it's like sitting there on the shelf looking at me right now. Yeah, I know what you mean. And well, one thing that I have done recently that has been somewhat of a challenge, but um, it's been really helpful is I've deleted for, <laughs> for the next, I, I started like two weeks ago, but for 40 days, I'm doing no social media consumption so the my only the only time i'm on social media is if i'm posting something mm -hmm. and and in those moments if i have notifications from people like messaging me i i respond to messages so i've uninstalled instagram and snapchat and facebook and linkedin and all those from my phone so i i don't even have the opportunity to like accidentally like mindlessly click on them and start looking at stuff which That's is cool. so easy it's so easy to for me at least to fall into that if i've got the apps there mm -hmm. so it's been great um it's been really nice i like you know I, i'm not gonna lie there have been a few times where i've wanted to check and i'll just be like well let me just like create a quick instagram story and then i can like 
<laughs> see if I've got any messages here or something. You notice how um, easy it is to fall into it, right? Like, oh, let me just, yeah, do, oh, I'll oh, just quickly check that or do that. It's so easy. It's yeah, so easy. Yeah. My screen time has gone down significantly. I think it's like an hour and a half, almost two hours down per day. I'm just like not having the, yeah, not having the incentive of even looking at social media has taken it down to where mm-hmm. like all the things I'm using are either messages, task management, email, stuff like that. It's been great. Um, so yeah, that's something if you guys, if anyone out there is having, you know, trouble paying attention, um, cutting out social media might be the way to go. There's an interesting article on Medium about how to set up your iPhone for productivity. Mm. I think it was pretty big. I mean, I stumbled upon it as well while browsing through it. And I don't know who exactly wrote it or like what is his background. I guess just somebody that was fed up with like having constantly to check his phone as well and like being not productive. So he wrote like a super long article about like exactly every kind of setting you can do on your on your iPhone to kind of make it more productive and less interrupting. So turning off all the badges, turning off the notifications, hiding all the, hiding all the apps that can like take away from your time in folders yeah. and putting them on different screens of the phone. Uh, like the only real apps you the productivity apps or the the apps that that enhance productivity, right? Those are the ones you have on your front page. Everything else right. is basically hidden somewhere or like like <laughs> so you don't re- really like it, you have to jump to through a couple of loops to actually uh, loops to get to get there, right? Like Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's nice. interesting. What, we're going to have to find that article. Yeah, sure. yeah, we'll yeah, share it in the... I think I found it. I'll just post it. I think it has. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll share that in the, in the show notes. Likes. Sweet. Yeah. No, that's cool. All right. Nice. So successful week. Yeah, it's a good week. Something went well. Um, learned something. Oh, and, and something I learned. I guess you could say something I learned. Uh, or something that I... I uh, saw and thought about some more mm. um, i saw this clip from an interview uh and this comedian andrew schultz was on the joe rogan podcast and this clip i think it was yesterday or maybe two days ago um and he's talking about how netflix he believes that netflix is done like they it's already peaked and, okay. it, and it's all gonna go downhill and it's kind of interesting because you like you think of netflix as this like very powerful organization they've got they're bringing in like billions of dollars a year mm. um and they've got all this you know they've got like a this this monopoly on content right but he was saying how this guy and this comedian andrew schultz um he was like you know okay what is content all of it is pretty much falls under like distraction like it's there for us to pay attention to when we you know don't want to do anything else right mm. what netflix as far as content goes is like long form narrative content it's things that are like 20 plus minutes or longer and the format in which you're consuming it is at your house at you know at, at, on your tv maybe your laptop right mm. youtube has pretty much every form of content possible there are video clips that are like 60 seconds long or less mm. there are 20 plus that you know there's there's all sorts of things netflix isn't taking up enough of people's percentage of attention for them to sustain the business that they've got there aren't enough like unless you're sitting on your couch at home you're 
probably not paying attention to Netflix. And so his theory is like, it's going to, you know, they don't have a, a, a strategic enough format for delivering distraction to people yeah. to, to play out long-term, which I thought was kind of interesting. So that's something I learned this week. That's true. What do you guys think of that? Do you think, do you think that's accurate? Well, I still watch it. Oh yeah, me too, all the yeah. time. Yeah. But it's probably yeah, not it's... stopping people from watching it, right? Like but I I can see how Netflix is now at least with the licenses and stuff, like they have to give away certain licenses because other big corporations and companies starting their own kind of Netflix style platforms, right? right? Like the Marvel, Apple, Disney. Yeah, like Disney exactly. So it will be That's interesting to see too, yeah. like of course they're investing in a lot of their own IP, but they have a lot of other people's IPs as well on the platform. So if somebody decides, and they already decided to do that, so they're kind of losing some of that. Um, we'll see how that goes. Like, what is yeah. interesting about the yeah the attention, right? Like, although I still think like YouTube, uh, Netflix has the upper hand right now because I think they're way better with creating new IP than YouTube is. I mean, YouTube has their movies as well, but I checked out one show on there and like I felt it was pretty, pretty bad. So I don't know if they can actually like... Which one? Take that away. Uh, it was this sci-fi show about this girl. Like if you guys remember, there was a movie a long time ago called Jumper. Um, yeah. It was about like teleportation, like instant teleportation. This guy was able to just by imagining where he wants to go he could teleport there and now on youtube there's a show with a girl there i don't know 12 episodes or something and she kind of discovers she has these abilities uh, to teleport and everything and in the trailers it looks amazing like cool this new sci-fi show she discovers her powers and then there's another organization like hunting her like kind of the th what i always felt about like the jumper movie was like awesome this universe is awesome and amazing but unfortunately it wasn't as successful so they didn't continue it and and with this show i thought like cool let's check this out and then this whole show turned into like an i don't know feminism commercial spot or something which is <laughs> nothing against feminism but like it was so on the nose so like right. blatantly obvious <laughs> and like yeah this is this is how you have to think like this is this is the shit and everything I was like, no, I, I was I was in for the ride for a nice sci-fi show here. I didn't want any politics. I didn't want any like any agendas here. Like and yeah. the, the the problem with that was the sci-fi part of it took less took much like took the sideline basically. Take a backseat. Yeah, backseat. I was not the agenda. Yeah. It was just like on the side. And I was like, whenever that <laughs> happened in the show, I was like, yeah, awesome. But then it went away again and I was like, became something else. And teenage romance and oh man, it was like this kind of teenage like 30, to 30 reasons you. why bullshit like that i don't really <laughs> yeah man like at all join us join us yes. yeah sci-fi was control. a trap and then yeah the and the problem is it, it only becomes obvious like maybe a couple of episodes in so you're like yeah let's do it and then right, you've already it put slowly in, like, turns into like minutes. this <laughs> other show and, you, and then you have this this guild where you say like ah, i already watched like couple of episodes i can continue this and i really had to force myself in the middle and say like dude this is not worth it like dude, I know. that's that's like kind of scary they almost got you marlon yeah yeah they almost yeah. got you so i mean i cannot recommend it and then i watched, <laughs> looked it up on the internet i was like am i the only one here that thinks that way and then i watched like looked at other people's reviews and seven days that most of them were saying exactly the same thing i was like oh, oh that's good thank god like 
Yeah. They probably saw that the category sci-fi was watched by dudes mostly. And then they target yeah, like in the maybe. third episode, right. we catch him. <laughs> it felt a, like a really like um, planned out thing, I feel like. Yeah. Now that you say that, it kind of makes sense as well. Like how can we reach the m most people on this platform, right? Yeah, Sci-fi, cool, like all that kind of uh, thematic thing. And um, yeah, I didn't bother to finish it. But yeah, that was my... One experience with YouTube Originals, I guess that's the that's the platform they have there, right? Well, well, I'm guessing probably also they were thinking, how can we expand our our audience? Because I'd, I'd say like a majority of the people that are on YouTube are probably like uh, like millennial males and like younger males, sure. right? It's like a pretty heavily yeah. male demographic. So they were thinking, okay, let's create like a female like lead science fiction try and get you know more women interested mm -hmm. in it i don't know that's fine um, i mean but there's certainly there's certainly like an agenda there's certainly yeah. like motivation i would have totally that. fine with that as well if they maybe struck the balance and what i don't like is like let me tell you about this you're, you're uneducated about this let me tell you about this <laughs> like that kind of feeling right i have nothing against yeah. educating me about like telling me about certain issues or the the character in that story facing certain challenges that are associated with like things that are happening now politically, right? Or just society-wise. Right. No problem at all. But like it was so obvious, so on the nose. It was like, it It felt like it didn't respect me as a viewer, like where I can make up my own mind and like think right. about these issues and like get get also faced with certain like situations that are challenging for me to to view, right? Like to where I have to wrap my head around this and like, holy shit, I can totally relate to this or understand this more now. It was like very... Yeah, felt like there wasn't really much effort put into like respecting me as a viewer as well, and like making make it more graspable. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you know that's so that's an example. I mean, you know, Netflix, Amazon, uh, YouTube. They're they're all they're all attempting to create their own you know branded content. Right. Um, and where where I think YouTube has a a has more potential is the fact that most of the content on the platform is user generated. Like most of it is from people that like right. are just attempting to create something. They're trying to, you know, like they, they're not, they're not associated with the platform itself. And I think that's kind of like the, the key differentiator there. It'd be interesting to see how like Netflix or Amazon could incorporate more user generated content. But, um, I think for Netflix, they'd have to somehow jump to, yeah, like being more mobile focused, you know, like how can they get almost like a feed going? But yeah, you know, I mean, like, for instance, this, this, if we were doing video recordings of this podcast, well, we are doing video recordings, but like, if we were putting that somewhere, that's not going to be a piece of content that like goes on Netflix, right? Right. You know? We wouldn't associate so, it associate that with netflix right i guess that's the issue it's like yeah mm. so hmm. um yeah cool who's next yeah so um maybe i'll start with the you know challenging um then i'll just All right. you know talk about the well yeah. thing. so i'm learning golang uh, you know this past week and you know this past month actually and what I found for myself, like, it's very ch challenging to learn the language that, you know, it has those very different kind of, uh, you know, concepts. 
are about programming and it's hard to just you know become a beginner and learn it again so i was watching mm. these udemy courses i think i watched like two full courses on golang but what i didn't do is i didn't do exercises because i just mm -hmm. thought you know i'm like i i know programming and i'll just you know see the concepts and it'll just get into my mind you know at, at some <laughs> point and then so i I, you know, watched the courses, like it took me, I think, two weeks to complete them all. <laughs> and I was, you know, watching them a lot uh, or three weeks. And then, you know, I just realized that I almost forgot everything. <laughs> that was insane. So <laughs> I, I, you know, went back and thought, like, how, how come I didn't, you know, learn the, the stuff? And yeah, when you do the exercises, then you get really like, you know, the value of actually doing the work and you're really learning. So you're applying what you learn and uh, the same with books. So when you read a book and you don't apply the skills that you learn there, you just forget about it. Um, but if you like learn uh, some concepts from the book and immediately apply it, it kind of is ingrained in you. Uh, so I went back and actually did the exercises, most of them. And then I was feeling way more, you know, proficient in the language. Uh, it also reminded me of the music school. Uh, when I was a kid, I was, you know, going to piano lessons. And in piano lessons, when you're learning a new song, like a new you know, composition, you really have to, you know, do it step by step. First, you learn one hand, then you learn a second hand. And it like took, it takes, you know, a week for to learn, you know, to play one hand. And then another hand, and then you take the second page, you, you know, do this and this. And it's a very diligent process until you actually are able to play by two hands. And it's very, very disciplined. Uh, so it really took me, you know, back in my memories of actually learning piano, um, which was one of the hardest things I did in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, really... that's what I learned that, you know, you really have to, you know, do the work to right. uh, learn something. Do you, right. when you learn a, like a new programming language, do you just basically go through the learning material or do you also on the side take notes like on a piece of paper or uh, do you do that? Or is it just like you watch a tutorial and then you do an exercise and that's enough for you to learn it or? Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you watch a tutorial, you do an exercise and for me personally, that's, that's enough. But for other okay. people, maybe you take some notes and everything, whatever works for you, it's really like. You know understanding is it better to watch video is it better to you know read a book for example mm -hmm. i think for me it's not very efficient to read a book and then you know learn it that way for me it's better to see kind of a person do it and you know imagine him being your mentor because he really is your mentor um just you have to make sure that this person really knows his thing and you know in my situation that was a person that Uh, teach the Golang in, you know, in universities and the other person, I think he worked in Golang. So I got perspective from the uh, kind of, you know, educational, like, you know, from a person that, uh, that knows the theory behind it. And then from the person that knows the, you know, practitioner has this practitioner mindset that, you know, used it practically. But yeah, it was very important to do the exercises. And Golang, it, it is it is different from from the other uh, languages. For example, when you look at interfaces, uh, like you know, it's uh, 
it has implicit interfaces instead of like you know explicit ones and it's a very hard concept to grasp what's what's the difference between those two so for example when you define an interface like human and you know the human can talk uh, walk and everything in golang instead of defining defining this uh, interface explicitly and then using it uh, it's like you write a function and if it has this method then it implicitly is this end interface which is you know kind of hard to grasp like and kind of hard to explain what, as well what would you say is like could you maybe connect it to to a situation where you would use that language like or in yeah, a, a moment where you would use that kind of approach like in general like where do you actually apply that language to is it app design like what 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 is it right? yeah like you, you can you can use it for any backend you know solution mm -hmm. like api for example right now we're using mostly uh like node.js and mm -hmm. with Go, golang you can do like more complex web apis for example you can uh, use multiple uh, cores of the processor in other mm -hmm. languages you can you can't do that but in golang you can actually have you know, multiple cores working. So it's a unique language in that way. So, so Google can, use it, Google yeah. use it in the cloud infrastructures. Um, and like yeah. YouTube is powered by Go. <laughs> so it's, it is oh, powerful thing. Yeah. All right. So you have more access to the hardware through the yeah, programming yeah, language? Yeah, de definitely. It's more mm -hmm. low level. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably that's the reason why it's also a little bit more like it's tougher to learn. I would assume, like it, because Definitely. it is kind of more complex. You have more possibilities, and yeah. it goes deeper. It's, it, right. It's also hard to learn. Like one of the reasons why I chose to learn it is that it was designed by you know three dudes that are very legendary in programming community, um, including Ken Thompson, who is like you know founder of Linux. So okay. they they sat down and they were hired by Google to develop this uh, language that can be you know leveraged can leverage multiple cores and do all sorts of nice stuff. So it really like you know um, they really uh, like put a lot of effort into doing this language. Yeah, other Is languages. Sorry, uh, no. Just wanted to mention that you know sure. uh, this this language here was created by these three dudes. While, for example, Ruby was created one by one person, JavaScript was created in a week. Of course, it's like you know afterwards they made it like you know very proficient, but initially it was designed in a week. PHP, I think it was just assemble like uh, a com combination of functions or something like that. I can't really remember, but there is a lot of hate about PHP. So, mm. and Go is mm -hmm. very modern and it's, I think it's one of the newest languages. So it's not really based on any other language previously? It's really it built, is, completely newly built or? I think it is, uh, you know, I think it got influenced by quite a lot of uh, languages actually. Like right, influenced. They just took the right. best ones. But I think okay. it's also okay. based on C, but okay. not sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. So I had to bend my mind a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? Learning a new language in any sense is always tough. Definitely. Like, Even the, especially like the language, you know, like Chinese or something. Yeah. Go is actually I mean, popular in China uh, because in China there is a lot of people 
and you really have to design very scalable and you know that's high true, performant yeah. applications that's why quite a lot of you know libraries in go is in chinese mm. written by you know chinese people that's even tougher <laughs> so you have to learn another language to learn actually <laughs> right. the program I, I haven't <laughs> i didn't have to use it yet but yeah maybe i will at some point <laughs> So how many how how many programming languages do you speak now? Yeah, I speak <laughs> like yeah, PHP, JavaScript, C plus plus, Java, the major ones. So a good amount, the big players out there. Yeah, That's it's cool. the same. Like, I take the same approach with the languages uh, as well. Like I know English, Spanish, uh, Russian. Uh, and like those languages are covering most of the world and i'm like okay mm. with those <laughs> like yeah. i don't really need to expand to other ones <laughs> that's a that's a good strategy yeah that's true how long does it take you usually to to learn a new language a program it really language? depends like i think it's the first time where, where i really sit down and learn a new language because at other points i was learning it in universities or courses where i mm. actually attended and you know in courses usually they teach you multiple languages so in university i learned java and uh, in the school it was c plus plus pascal but go is uh, the one that i'm uh, you know just learning on my own terms do you have any tips for people that attempt to learn go yeah just you know just take your time and do it diligently make sure to you know follow tutorials and do the exercise i mm. think that's the best nice nice all right so what worked well this week do you have something mm, yeah what worked well i think it is like doing those exercises and just practicing and practicing and again practicing mm -hmm. even though mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable not to know what to write <laughs> each line <laughs> you just you know go through and just write it all right also, besides that, I was, uh, you know, besides of Golang, I was focusing on uh, our business, you know, strategies and how can we uh, really like get get leads and make sure that they are captured. And as I mentioned to you guys that, you know, website is super important for that because when Tom is capturing a lead, the lead will probably eventually go to the website and that's where the lead can be killed it is a possibility that, you know, he will be influenced by the website or something. Hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. so you had like, you did a lot of uh, research on that? Yeah, I, you know, checked what we can do about it. And I posted in the channels. Right. I mean, we'll definitely jump into that meeting as well. Yep. Have that discussion going on. It's gonna be good. But I, I do agree, like, right? Like, maybe maybe going into a little bit not too much but like the two big pillars we have is a, the podcast right and the website i feel that kind of the main the big right. players right now or the the big ones we should really focus on right because kind of like the podcast we're in a groove we're already like moving moving and the website of course like you said it's the the yeah, point and, of connection there that right is really and the website will connect our podcast to the to right. the business exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've up until now, well, and continuing um, into the future, word of mouth referrals has been mm. everything for us. So, yeah, I mean, I think building up the website, continuing to create this this content, 
and and you know turning that into smaller pieces of content and distributing that on social media those are kind of the things that we need to focus on building so yeah i mean i think part of it is positioning getting that right on the website and uh showing off our work continuing to create content that is valuable um but yeah we can dive into that another <laughs> <laughs> yeah. time now that <laughs> can take like five topic. hours of a podcast <laughs> right totally. Totally. True. what else what else is that everything to marlon's turn is it my turn yeah i think so marlon you've been you've been like the uh the the moderator for this podcast i kind of like that um but now the focus has shifted to you sir what do you, what cool. did you what do you had to review this week what worked well what did you learn what was challenging i guess what worked well i feel like the last testing session we did for one of our clients worked well like considering mm -hmm. where we started not that it was a total mess in the beginning but like just the the execution of it it felt good like everything worked properly um and we refined the process over time as well maybe not talk not talking mess or anything but like the particular people we targeting in that new project right um, i guess we can talk about like musicians like mm -hmm. they're not the most reliable people when it comes to <laughs> schedule and yeah. <laughs> like just saying hey are you available for the time and like you you confirm it i mean you know it as well you you wrote with them via email as well like just yeah. confirming things and saying, and you're assuming, hey man, this is awesome. This is set into the calendar. Everything is good. And then people not showing up or saying, right. coming, uh, you get It's interesting how different later. it is from the other testing sessions. We yeah, had. right. I mean, that's, that is interesting because we've done multiple testing sessions throughout the projects now. And like, it's really interesting how this can differ with different kind of target audiences. Different right? subjects, yeah. Yeah, different subjects. And so severely. Yeah. Can't be a but coincidence. It was, I feel it was, of course, we'd have to take a little bit of responsibility as well, I guess, from, from right. our part, because at the end, it was really, really nice. Like, it worked really well. So I guess in the beginning, we kind of underestimated how much we actually have to reconfirm or confirm with people and setting into calendars, reminders, right? And you did a great job with that as well, Tom. That was mostly probably in the back where you sent reminders to people again and everything. So me going through the interviews, I didn't really notice that at all, like that you probably sent them a couple of reminders in the end as well. So that worked. That's probably part of you as well. Yeah, part of it was like definitely refining the process of scheduling right. and recognizing that like, you know, uh, we just have to do like a majority of the work on our end to make sure these people, even if we do incentivize them right. to show up, right. it's still something you got to remind them again and again. And it's a, it's a matter of like scheduling too. Most of these guys mm -hmm. are up late playing shows and stuff and we're not trying to get them to wake up. Yeah, it's true. Come to a, right. I mean, it's true. Call. Plus um, the the inherent nature of it, that it's remote, right? Like, because right. we set up remotely, it's, not, not, not a lot of people it. yeah right not a lot of people are used to this and and yeah i mean it's it just makes things a little bit more difficult but like anything that we can handle that like it's fine um, yeah so th i think that was something that w worked pretty well this week like just the execution of it and just like the flow of things and it also we also went through all of the like because we kind of always do five user interviews or testing um, sessions for like a specific prototype we have developed kind of acquiring on taking that concept from this design sprint right where you only test five people and you can 
get kind of an impression of how the prototype works and how it is received. So we kind of use five people. And this time around, we also went through all of them in one go, like in one day, which sometimes we have to split up over kind of two days or something just because of availability or uh, some certain scheduling issues or anything like that, right? So this time around was also done in one day, which was also pretty nice. I like that a lot, like just having it all done in one day and then having it all in your head and you're able to kind of digest what you've learned and everything and can move on to the like and then you can easily say like yeah let's have a meeting next day or in two days after that and to discuss the findings right um and go through 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 yeah what you found out about it so that that's the one thing that worked well i feel my point nice nice and in, in connection to that i feel like what i learned this week is just again trusting the process like just the the nature of going through multiple iterations of prototypes and like seeing it evolve and getting it getting better and addressing issues that come up like that process just trusting it that by the end of it something good comes out of it just because of the reactions we got this time around for this specific prototype like people there was really not a lot of things they got stuck like on like that there was it was really nicely like a nice flow you can really watch people like totally get it. And that wasn't the case in the beginning. Like there were certain hiccups in here and there, but like we could learn from them and like re-implemented things and improved things. And by the end of it, I felt at least for what we wanted to test, um, that part part worked pretty well. And seeing that ev- evolution, I feel that I think again, that it reiterated for me as well, like just trust the process, trust, like trust the whole design process that we have in place and, and that every prototype basically shows you what's wrong. And if you address these things and like work on these things, like there will something good come out of it at the end. Um, so I feel. Yeah. How much, um, that's, that's an interesting point. I like that. And I think it's true. Um, how much of, how much of the process of like designing, you know, an application or, or a website, how much of that do you think is for you based on, user feedback based on you know like the the interactions that you have with users as you go through that process i mean it is a lot right we we basically that's why we have them in place to to go through these prototypes with users and get feedback and and it's not even things they say right it's not even oh i wish this would be here that's certainly some feedback we take into into account right but it's also the things that they do or we just right. to view right that's why we do them like that's why we do these five testing sessions and really look at their like look at record their screen basically right like we don't just send the link out to a user testing website and then get a feedback in video form like we we do it really personal like we really talk to them we have an introduction and everything we really take it like to a more personal level and right intimate level where we have each of them and like sitting on a call with them and going through the prototype and just asking questions and getting to know them and like their process so it's really a lot of that is also like watching the recordings or looking at them live like what they're doing and then also like how they talk about it right or what they what they say um so i feel like kind of the subconscious things they do right um i think that's really important as well and that certainly improves the prototype on every level as well nice yeah yeah and that's a good point it's not just about like what they say they think should be the case because a Mm -hmm. lot of time 
they probably don't know what they're talking about, you know? Yeah. That can, that can be an, that can be a clue of something. Right. right? But it's exactly. also about like exactly. the, what the interaction is that they have, mm-hmm. you know, if it appears that they're doing something smoothly, mm-hmm. if it appears that they actually understand what's going on or not. Right. Um, it's a lot more than just like what they're saying. <laughs> right. And that's the thing, right? When you do these more intimate user testing sessions, you can actually ask questions so you can delve deeper into what they actually mean by what, like with what they're saying. Like some, if we have would send a link out to multiple people and we would have gotten a written report back or maybe just a short video recording of them saying certain things, like we wouldn't have the ability to ask another question for that specific point, right? So go deeper and like, why are you actually feeling that way? Like, why do you think this? And we can easily do that with these with these more like per, in-person interview style uh, user testings, right? And I feel nice. it just improved everything. So how did it go overall? Did they get the concept in the final testings? Yeah, I mean, so like our goal for this last testing sh- session was of course like this core loop we have in the app, right? This core thing that makes this app stand out. Um, we want to go f- over that and over the final version of that or the almost final version of that because now we're kind of adjusting certain things to it as well. But like, it was good to see that by the end of it, and we did now like, this was our fourth testing session now. So we had three in the UX phase where we just do, did wireframes. And now after the visual design, we have the last one where we kind of on a the finalized version kind of tested and everything. And it was good to see that people by the end of it really understood that that hook that they really got around in the UI and like understood how they can do it, what they can do with it, and also asking them how they would describe this product to a friend of yours. Like all of them kind of responded with an answer we really like assumed or hoped everyone would say, right? So it it went really well, and like it showed. Like I said, I learned that you can trust the process because it. You don't have the process in place for nothing, right? We have that process for a reason, and we know we can trust that process. And by the end of it, something good comes out of it. Of course, given that you address these issues that come up in the previous testing, and of course you have to do your work and your part, but um, as long as you follow these steps, like it, there comes something out of it. Very cool. Nice. That was a great, that was a great learning lesson from this week, right? Or what it is. went well? I mean, it's, plus, I mean. Going through a long project, I mean, it's probably also from the development for you, Daniel, like executing on, on that level. And then sometimes there can be doubts, right? Like sometimes you can think like, oh man, where is this going? Like, or can I fix this? Or can I solve this problem? Like, is this really the right direction or anything, right? So to this Definitely. point, I mean. Well, way more in your job because like my job is more, you know, just <laughs> figuring out how to do what you, you know, fought off. And for you, it's like more thinking because there there are no answers. You have to create them, right? Partially, yeah. I mean, there are certain. I mean, in the there are probably certain things that got already solved before me. Like there are certain patterns that are very like common in any other app, right? So I'm never really trying to completely reinvent everything. I feel like why, like why spend that time to readdress a thing that got already solved by a different app? Or not meaning stealing from that app, but these are patterns that are common in a lot of different apps and everyone understands them and users know how to navigate them, right? Why would I completely right. reinvent that? Especially and then the balance users. Bet- yeah. yeah, especially. And then the balance between like, what can we introduce that makes this app different, but still being very like 
like still be still intuitive intuitive right still users understanding oh this is a new pattern i have to learn here but like it's not that completely different it's actually it makes sense in the environment of that app right yeah Um, users are very fickle they can get frustrated (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah and that's why we do these testings but I do think like even in programming, I feel like you have to think about concepts that, that are maybe like you have to think about the architecture and like how do we approach this specific Definitely. thing that I come up with or like kind of design kind of says, hey, is this possible? And you're like, uh, let me maybe like, think about it first. I'm not really sure. And then you have to kind of problem solve as well, right? Yeah, definitely. But like when when I do solve a problem, I can see the feedback immediately. Is it good? Is does it mm-hmm. work or not? Okay. Uh, like and you know there is less creativity probably. <laughs> and in design, you you create something and then you then you have to user test and you know users will not give you direct feedback. You'll have mm-hmm. to you know kind of assess from their words. You know how the person expresses himself. You have to just assess. Oh, right. What can that, work that's best. a good point, and it 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 like it goes back to what you were saying, Marlon, about like it's not just what they say; it's like how it's like watching the experience unfold of them interacting with the app. Because what they say, like the difference is like it's this it's this concept, it's this principle of like the map is not the territory. Like what what a user's perception is and their explanation of of their experience with the app is not the actual experience that they're, it's not the same thing as the experience that they're having of the app. And so watching them have the experience and then having them talk about it, those are two things that, you know, it gives you twice as much feedback, twice as much like data information about what's actually happening. And they're both very important together. Definitely. And like, you know, the development feedback is very straightforward. This crap doesn't work. This shit loads forever, yeah. you know stuff like that. It's very, it's very obvious. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's very like it's more direct. I would, but maybe that's also a little bit more easier for you. Uh, it feels, from my perspective, it might be easier for you because you get very direct feedback. Like definitely, this loads definitely. too much. Like that, this is yeah. like this. This should be like this. Exactly. That's like, why right? it's easier for me to you know, <laughs> comprehend the feedback. It's much more clear feedback than 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 considering like people like Does it work? Exactly. yeah. Right, does it, it does. work? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's funny. Yeah. That's true. Cool. Well, um, what, uh, I guess, yeah, What I, we talked a little bit about, like, is, is that also what you learned this week or do you have anything yeah. else that you want to say about what you learned? I think we didn't yeah. mention what, what was challenging for you. What was challenging? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> this week, challenging. Maybe more of a personal thing, just getting into a good sleeping schedule. Mm. Like, I think, I mean, I'm always, I was always like a night owl throughout my life, but I'm, I know that I need to get, like, I need to go to bed very, like, earlier and get up, go to bed earlier and get up earlier then. And that just gives me just more energy. And it's interesting to see, like, I always assumed I'm at this night owl and I get work done in the night and it's nice because it's quiet. And I guess that's how most people think as well. But like, I notice as well, I can be as productive as I think I am when I'm, staying up late like when i get up early so i can i think it's kind of like i'm thinking oh no i I can only work properly in the night or late evening or something whereas it's actually true i can do the same amount of work and be as much focused as i am when i get like up early right yeah i feel you there it's been a slow transition for me because i used to be the same well especially like coming from 
I guess it probably started in college and then even after college when I was bartending, like mm-hmm. it was just a pattern of like, you know, being up late and, and working at, at late hours and that transitioned into freelancing as well. Right. Um, but I feel the same way. Like I've been working on that too and getting up earlier. It seems, it seems to be the way to go. It seems like <laughs> I, I'm falling into that same pattern or to that same mindset where it's like, I don't have to, it's nice working late sometimes and that can be effective, but I don't have to do that to be productive and to get stuff done. Right. Yeah. Nice. Maybe, maybe that's really the, the point, right? Like you're doing that so long or like just getting used to it. And then you just assume like, I cannot function anywhere, any, anywhere else. Right. Like I cannot right. function when I get up early because I'm not that early person, right. That morning person, but but it's not true like you can get adjusted to that and then you notice quickly that it's as productive as you am when you think like when you stay up late yeah i mean i do like it there is something to like there's almost a sense of pride in right working late where it's like yeah i'm up burning the midnight oil you know and that's like <laughs> exactly but then like you wake up late and everyone's already ahead of you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so so you can almost you can almost do it the opposite where like if you get up before everyone else and I'm not, t- I'm not there yet. Like I'm, I'm just focused on getting up, you know, uh, up about the same time that like a normal person would. Uh, but like I could see it where, you know, if you're waking up early four or 5 AM, you can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm way ahead of everyone else. You know, I'm getting <laughs> stuff done before the sun even comes up, you know, yeah. um, where you can still have that sort of like pride about right. it. Um, cool no that's that's good uh so still in progress i'll keep you up to date here like on these episodes right like (laughs) (laughs) wow for me it's way different like at 11 p.m my systems shut down like (laughs) (laughs) it just shuts down like that's completely maintenance mode i just it just like shuts down (laughs) that's good can't think i immediately get sleepy so were you yeah. always like that? Like, I feel like I, just I a cliche always. of a programmer, like I'm feeling like, okay, programmers are probably even worse. Like, they're like staying up late. Right. They're like doing the work into like way after midnight. Like, right. how, I, how I was you? always like that. Even at hackathons, I was the first dude that goes to, you know, sleep on the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. <laughs> and also like, it's, it's very hard for me to wake up early. Uh, so mm. I usually just drive uh, my girlfriend to work because it f- forces me to wake up. So mm. it, it's like very early at six thirty or something. I mean, early, early for me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I just early. just wake that's up early. that way. So, yeah, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, it's really good though. Right. It's like better yeah, quality so like, of work, yeah. you know. Probably. Uh, like I try to work at nights, but you know it really didn't work out i even even when i was in school like finishing up deadlines i could easily give up you know finishing stuff and go to sleep it just <laughs> i couldn't be it. <laughs> sleep is yeah i think the more and more Part i love it, it that's sleep is just the best it's the best thing it is. i love it so much. <laughs> it but yeah. for me personally it's very interesting because i i know exactly what i have to do i have to be in bed before midnight preferably half past 11 or something. And then I know I can easily get up. Latest would be seven o'clock next day. But I know that if I get into bed or yeah, just be in bed like after midnight, like one o'clock in the morning or something, I know I, my body's like, 
oh, you went uh, you went to bed after midnight. Well, then now you have to sleep nine to ten hours. <laughs> like it's it's really crazy that I, like when I go before midnight, I, I can easily like six or seven hours. It's enough. But like if I do that, if I stay up later, then my body's like I don't know. I just naturally sleep way longer than I need to or feel I need to. Hmm. So. So it's just Interesting. yeah, execution. Yeah, you just have to give your body what it needs. Yeah, absolutely. Soon enough, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be like Jocko Willink. <laughs> you know that you oh, know I that love guy. That guy, yeah. He's like his Instagram is pretty much exclusively pictures of his watch at like mm-hmm. four thirty in the morning every morning, where he's just yeah. <laughs> time to get up, time to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Five a.m. club and shit. Five a.m. Yeah. club. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some. Instagram, is it 5 a.m. club? There's I'm something not, like that. There is a lot of clubs. There is 4 a.m. club, 5 a.m. <laughs> club, 4.30 a.m. club. Three I've seen some Instagram. <laughs> this dude's got it really nicely branded. It's like, it might be 5 a.m. club or, or something like that. He's got a coffee cup with mm. the logo and that on it. Mm. And then he's got his watch on his wrist as well with the time. <laughs> and like, that's the whole Instagram. That's every single oh my picture. God, nice. Uh, that's a pretty consistency. Good yeah. Well, cool guys. Good cool. weekend review. Any final thoughts here? Well, I think for the first kind of episode like this, it worked well. Yeah, yeah. I like this. Okay. It reminds me of something I was thinking about last night, and I think is you know, uh, I'll end on this point, and I'll let you guys get your last words in. A lot of people talk about how the 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 key to life is like happiness like that's what they want out of life it's like the purpose of life is to be happy and i just don't think that's accurate like i don't not to downplay happiness i think it's important to be happy and to enjoy that when it when it comes but to me life is about improvement it's about making today better than yesterday and that's what that's why i'm excited about these weekend reviews because that's essentially what we're doing in content form is talking about, you know, the things that we're improving, the things that we're challenging and, and what we can improve about those and, and how we're learning and, and what we've already improved on. And so it's really nice, I think, to have that focus on a weekly basis in, in content form. Well yep. said. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy this style of episode as well. Like it just gives us more more room, right, to breathe a little bit, like not being so restricted by specific topic, although that's interesting as well. And we certainly that do these and continuously doing, doing these as well. But I like it as well. And it, it kind of, I think reflection is a big part Definitely. of it, right? Definitely. Just the reflection of like thinking about what happened, like what could have been done better. And then getting to know you guys as well, like just how you feel the week went and like what you personally did well, like what you learned. And then of course, for people listening as well, they can maybe take a little bit of, piece of like knowledge here and the, here and there and like cool that's awesome yeah i can apply that as well like i have that same feeling about certain things so that makes it yeah i really enjoy that yeah if you don't reflect uh, it just feels like weeks and days are just running by i mean it's march right. al- already yeah. and when you just summarize what you learn and everything it just yeah gives you more perspective and you can Definitely. solidify the learnings awesome cool 
Very good, guys. Well, thanks again for for joining me here on this. Really appreciate Always. it. Likewise, Marlene, you, you did a great job of of moderating. I tried to try to do as good of a job asking you questions <laughs> when it was your turn did to well. talk. <laughs> thanks. That was, that was um, perfect. Yeah, well, we've we got a, probably a few show notes here as well, a few links to things that we mentioned, some articles and 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 videos and things that we'll share in the description of this. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to everyone out there, Thank and I uh, hope you have a good week, learning and improving and getting through challenging things. And we will talk with you again soon. Mm-hmm.